Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it adds to the tale, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your dungeon master, Kevin. Going around the table, Hannah. I'm Hannah, I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the dragonborn eldritch knight slash wizard. And Shane. That is I, I'm playing Alexander, the human wizard bard. And Oliver. I am Oliver, I will be playing Edel Belmont, who needs a helmet for a variety of reasons. (laughs) And uh, John is not here with us today. Uh, we haven't been able to get a hold of him. Uh, hopefully he'll join later. But if not, I'll make sure to kill his character in combat. Rest sue him. Just sue him. So the last time on the Dungeons & Debacles podcast, uh, you guys made your way to Karn Lee to hook up with your contact, Ares Goldsmith, and uh, the Archmage Steph to try to get some more information on who exactly this Cassock Stonefist was. Uh, you found out that he was an expelled student of the Tower of Insight. You found out one of the reasons he was expelled was he was uh, doing these experiments on trying to mind control um, various creatures uh, using these small water elementals. Uh, He also fell behind on his studies and was kicked out of the college. You also found out that he was from the Brown Meadow area, so you decided to trek there to find some more clues. After you got all this information, uh, Ares Goldsmith killed Steph and her niece to tie up some loose ends to make sure nothing could come back to her. And she also contracted you to kill one of her political rivals in the city who had gained too much power, which you found out was Adel's father. Adel disappeared for a while and said he took care of it, and you guys trekked to Brown Meadow, which is northwest of you. It's about the lower middle of the continent. You approached the battlefield of Brown Meadow, which you learned was this epic battlefield way in the past in the Battle of Ruin, and the battle was so horrific and bloody and magical that it had tainted the land. Adel had saw a glint of something uh, about 50 yards away and went to try to find out what it was and found that it was a magical helm. And when he put the magical helm on, a ghost popped out of the ground and screamed at him, my helm. And that's where you find yourselves now in combat. And I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. I am set initiative. I have a five. God damn it. <laughs> Fastest there ever was. All right. How do you have like 0.08, Juliet? How does that even work? If you go into yeah. the cog on the far right, it'll let you turn on uh, complications. 
No, no, it's called, uh, fuck, I don't even remember. Oh, add dexterity tiebreaker to initiative. So normally you just roll a flat number, but you have to organize it by dexterity. That's how you're supposed to do it. So the game gives you an option to literally display your dexterity score. Oh, that's kind of handy. This ghost pops out of the ground and points at Adel and says, My helm! Alexander, uh, you see him making a move for Adel, and you're going to be going first. Sounds good to me. Uh, I'll use my bonus action. I have to... We don't have our weapons out, do we? I wouldn't think so. You can draw. Yeah, you can draw as a bonus action. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'll just draw my... uh, Can I roll a... Would it be nature check to see if uh, I know like any special things about ghosts to see if my sword is even going to do anything? Um, I feel like arcane would probably be your best bet because it is a magical thing, right? Um, I would let you roll either arcana, religion, or since they're not really natural, um, I would even probably let you do a history because that would probably be in folklore. Nine. Nine. Um, yeah, you don't really know that much about ghosts. Yeah, I want to imagine. Uh, I am going to use my bonus action to take out my longsword, and I'm going to try and slash him. 18 to hit. Uh, that will hit. Attempt to do one <laughs> <day>. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, you hack at this ghost, and, um, your blade basically goes right through them. You don't know that you really did that much damage. Sounds about right. So, next up is Alunidas. He is going to uh, take his action and run up to the ghost. Uh, Quick question, Kevin. So, my sword is silver. Does that change anything? Uh, No, but it is magical. Okay. Um, So, Alunidas is going to make it almost up to the ghost, but not close enough to attack. Uh, Next up is Juliet. Juliet is going to yell, get the hell out of there. And cast Firebolt aimed at that ghost. All right, what's the range on that? 120 feet. Um, so you're good. A 15 to hit. Uh, that will hit. And that is nine fire damage. Okay. That will end Juliet's turn. So um, Juliet, fire flames from your fingertips, goes over top of uh, Alunidas's head and smacks into the ghost. But the ghost really doesn't even react to it. Huh, Okay. There's um, some fire that sprung up around it and on the ground. Uh, next up is Talia. I will move that close and and draw my daggers, and that'll be about it. Okay, um, you can always take the dash action, too, if you want. Oh, yeah, I can. Okay, I will I will then... How do I dash? Um, as a rogue, you would get that as a bonus action. So that's basically you move twice your speed. That means I can probably go that far, I think. Uh, what's your movement? Six? Yes. So you'd be able to go 12 squares. Oh. So you okay. could probably make it as far as where I'm pinging, or you could hang out where you are right now. I'll stay uh, next to Alunidas. Okay. Next up is Adel. I will ask the ghost its name, and what, and if I could bury it rightfully. All right. How's uh, that sound? All right. So uh, you ask that. I am Sarah Schulmack. Knight and defender of Khan Lee, villain. I gave you the chance to return my helm and leave this field, and you've chosen to attack me. There shall be no further parley or quarter now. I would like to put you back to rest in a rightful burial place. 
Rest is something you cannot give me. Have at thee, foe. Alright, so that's your action? Guess so. It is going to take a swing at Adel. It's going to try to, like, smack you in the head to try to get the uh, helm off your uh, head. Um, But before that, I'm going to need everybody to give me a wisdom save. Yep, this must be the ghost of Christmas present. You know it. Five! Five, yeah. Me and shit got them lucky fives. Hannah and Alunidas and Juliet uh, are going to pass, but uh, Oliver and Shane, uh, with a five, you are now under the fear effect, and since you failed your uh, save by uh, five, I'm going to need each one of you to roll me a d4. Yep. One. I'm so good at this game. Three. Okay, so Shane, you have aged one year, and Oliver, you have oh, aged shit. three years. What? Holy fuck! Finally, you guys are of age. Jesus Christ! Hell yeah, it's hot. No, I would make out. <laughs> so now the ghost is going to take a swipe at Adel. Uh, that's a twenty. And you are going to take 17 points of necrotic damage. Shit. So he takes a swing at your head. He says, give me the helm. And his hand just like passes through your head. And as he does, you feel like this cold darkness shudder your body. And since that's necrotic, you will not be able to heal that until after a short rest. And Alexander, you're up. That's my name. I will... That hurt a lot. Let's run away. I, uh... Hey, Adel, give me the helm. Okay, here you go. Is, is that a thing I can do? Can I, can I just get it from him? Uh, you can take it from him, but that's probably going to take your move and your bonus action. Okay. I will use my standard action to give the helm back to the ghost. Okay. So, uh, as soon as you, uh, pick up the helm, the ghost is uh, going to move toward you and it is going to try to enter your body moves into you and it's sharing the same space you feel almost like this tunnel vision come over you to where you feel like your consciousness is being pushed back into the back of your head as uh, this ghost starts to possess you give me a uh, charisma save I'm good at those so um, as that starts to take over the voice that you've, the whispering in the back of your head that you've been hearing after your dreams, the <laughs> start screaming in your head as this ghost tries to possess you. And uh, you can feel it physically pushing it out of you. Whoa. So the uh, ghost jumps back out of your body and starts uh, gibbering at you. No, 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 get, get away. No, 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 away from me, away from me. And it seems like it's afraid of you now. So it's actually going to take a step back. And I, I believe that's my turn, yeah? Yep. Uh, Lunados is going to move forward. And so he takes a swing with his quarterstaff and misses. And then he's going to use Fury of Blows. And that is a crit for 14 damage. And he's going to roll the crit table. 
That's an 11, so that's Lightning Strike. You attack so quickly that you get a free melee basic attack. If the spell was cast, the caster can use a basic melee attack or cast one free cantrip. This only works on the creature you just attacked. No effect if the target dies. So his next attack is going to be a 22. That's going to hit. And with Flurry of Blows, he gets another attack that's 11. That's going to miss. All right, next up is Juliet. Juliet is once again going to emphasize to get out of there by Runaxis and toss another Firebolt, even though it seems rather ineffective. A 10. Believe that misses. Yeah, that's going to soar over the ghost's head. That is it for Juliet, then. Next up is Talia. All right, so I'm going to move there and cast um, a cantrip of a poison spray. Okay. And is that a cone? Um, I think it's just a five-foot square in front of her, something like that. So it's going to miss a Lunardos? I believe yes. so. I'm reading it just to be sure, but yeah, it looks like it's it's not a it's a cone. It's not a cone. It's a five-foot diameter. Okay, so uh, you cast it, and it hits the ghost, and has no effect because ghosts are immune to poison. Oh, Damn. very cool. <laughs> the more you know. And knowing's half the battle. The other half is violence. I could have told you that. <laughs> uh, Adel, you're up. Uh, is my sword magical? Uh, you could make it that way with, uh, what is it, your channel divinity? Can't you add, like, Yeah, uh, that takes a minute, doesn't it? What do you mean it takes a minute? Like a literal minute. You have to charge it up, if I remember correctly. I thought it just worked like Divine Smite. No, Divine Smite's like casting an instantaneous spell. Like, you have to channel divinity. So... Don't you get, like, some sort of smite that adds, like, fire or necrotic damage? I believe so. But I guess I'll do that. So I'll go ahead and make a sword attack first. It's 11. Uh, that's gonna miss? Well, I guess I'll use my move action to move back a little bit. There. Okay, so uh, as you move away, it's going to get an opportunity attack on you. Uh, that's a seven. That's going to miss. So it, you come I'll up and smack so. it, and uh, you see you miss it. So it takes a swing at you and dodge out of its grasp as you're walking back. So uh, next up is the ghost. So it is going to take a swing at Alinidas, and that's an eight. That's going to miss. Uh, Alexander, you're up. That's my name. Uh, so it's immune to poison. I have a mildly magical sword, which didn't really do anything. Um, I have its helm for whatever reason. So, uh, as you're taking inventory of your weapons, you look down and the dagger's in your hand. And you don't remember pulling it out of the sheath. It's just in your hand. Uh, that's weird. Uh, guess I'll just run up and try and stab this ghost. And I'll attack with my dagger. I don't know what the bonuses on it are. Is it just regular? It just uses your dex and proficiency bonuses. Okay. So, plus four and then, uh, four. Let me look at my proficiency. I think I have proficiency in melee weapons, so I'll just, uh, so it's plus six. It's a finesse weapon, so I think you would have... Whatever it would be, your dexterity plus two would be your modifier to attack. Yeah, so plus six crit. Oh wow! So uh, roll me d twenty. Nine. Okay, so there's a couple of things that are going to happen right now. So first of all, as you come at this ghost with that dagger, you see it look at the dagger, and 
a look of fear comes over its eyes. If ghosts could look afraid, it looks afraid at you. You hit it with this dagger, and the first thing that's going to happen is this ghost is going to fall to its knees and start groveling, no, no, begging no. you not no, no. to kill it, because that's me. what that dagger Away does. I'm killing it. The second thing that's going to happen is your attack hits so hard it dazes your opponent until the end of your next turn, and then go ahead and roll your damage. The daggers are 1d4? 1d4 twice. Five damage overall. All right, so uh, you plunge your dagger into this thing, and it's just, it's groveling at your feet. And you can also hear now, coming from the dagger, the scuttle whisper that's saying, Grovel, 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 grovel. And next up is Lunadas. Uh, Lunadas is going to take a swing with his quarterstaff. And that's a 10 that's going to miss. And he's going to use another key point for Fury of Blows. And that's another crit. And the second one is an 8, which is going to miss. So let's do the crit first. And he rolled an 18 on the crit chart, which is attacker gets plus 5 to attack on the same creature uh, next turn. So basically this ghost is groveling down on the ground. And you see Alunidas just take his quarterstaff and plunge it through the ghost. And then uh, take two kicks at it. Uh, Juliet, you're up. Okay, seeing how this doesn't appear to be working, and the ghost is now groveling, correct? It is groveling at Alexander's feet. Alright, and no other ghosts have appeared, so Juliet's gonna grit her teeth and move up closer. Are you guys sure it's safe? Sure. <laughs> Alright, so Juliet moves closer, and that is the end of her turn. Alright, Talia, you're up. I'm not entirely sure what I can do to be helpful here, so, um... Stabbing's never a wrong answer. That is very true. You know what? I will I will stab at the, uh, ghost. Crit. Woohoo! Everyone's critting. Everybody. Why does your dagger do zero damage? Everybody in the club. It's yeah. three plus zero piercing. Really? Okay. And so it's a club. <laughs> I, I don't know. So that's a crit, so you roll your damage twice. And then your damage is zero, so zero twice is zero. Well, no, it's, it's three, three plus. Yeah, but your modifier does not get added to the second part of the crit. So it ends up just being three damage. Well, that sucks. All right. How can she do zero damage, though? Because it's That's a what I was weapon. asking, because it's D4, right? Yeah, your damage yeah. should be your dex bonus plus whatever... The weapon does, so it should be D4 plus at least your dex bonus. Oh, it's set up in here as a 1D6 plus dex, dex plus zero. So that's what you're seeing there. But that doesn't make sense because my dex bonus should be higher than that. So do this. Or I didn't set it up right. So just roll a, roll a, is it a D6 or D4 for a dagger? It's a D4. I put it in wrong. <laughs> okay, so roll me a D4 and then add three and do that twice. So that's a total of 11, and uh, the 17 was what you rolled for the crit table. Yes. So that's uh, attacker gets combat advantage on next turn, or gives uh, combat advantage on next turn. All right. Uh, Next up is Adel. I guess I'll walk up to it and take a swing. So that's an 18. Uh, That's going to hit. I'm going to use a slot to deal some. I guess we'll do fire damage. Uh, that's 11 damage from just the base sword. Now I'm going to roll the... I'm going to use one slot 
Okay, before you do that. So this ghost is groveling at uh, Alexander's feet and he's taking some kicks and some stabs from Talia. And you raise your greatsword over your head and come slicing down through this ghost. As you cross through it, it dissipates like smoke. Oh, well, got a helmet. <laughs> Actually, you don't have it right now. Alexander does. What's my helmet? He just wanted to put the ghost inside of him because it wouldn't go there. I was trying to give it back, but then he tried to possess me. Ah, can I have my helmet now? Sure, I guess. Dope. I got me a helmet. I would also like some... Uh, I'm going to use a uh, lay on hands a lot. Uh, on yourself? I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who took damage, right? Yep. As uh, you use your lay on hands, um, you feel the divine energy wash over you, and you think you should be feeling better, but you don't. Oh. Alright, let's do, let's do another slot then. Um, give me a wisdom save. Great. Or a wisdom check. A save or a check? Uh, it should be the same thing. Oh, okay. Four! <laughs> um. God fucking damn it. Yeah, you don't know what's what's wrong. You don't know why you're not feeling better. I'm old. Well, no, you got hit with necrotic damage, and you're not going to be able to heal that back until after a short rest. Oh, shit. Alright, so let me go back to 35. Alright, yeah, I'm at 35. But it's hellish radiant energy. I feel like that would play something into it. Nope. Of course not. <clears throat> Fucking Kevin. All right, so uh, blame Gary Gygax, man, not me. Who's that? <laughs> All right, so you guys are out of uh, combat, and you find yourselves uh, actually inside the uh, battlefield of Brown Meadow. What are you doing now? Let's look around for some more stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, yeah, you look around and you're not seeing anything shiny. All you're seeing is uh, bone. Well, let's go. So did you find anything, Adel? Uh, the helmet? You said you were going to go look for other shit lying around? Oh, no, I didn't. You guys finished dispatching this ghost, and Adel's been looking around trying to find... Um, anything else like glinty or sticking out of the ground and it's not seeing anything um so what are you guys doing now uh okay so tell me what's what was so important you had to run out here and wake the dead just for helmet. whatever a helmet you yeah look at all this. our lives for a helmet yeah magical one look at it it's all shiny how do you know it was magical i rolled an arcana check <laughs> It is not a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to roleplay that. I'm you're, not going to be honest. You're breaking my immersion. You could say it looks extremely well made, or it survived for all these years without it even a scratch, or, or right, anything. I'm going to say it in like I'm going to say it in the worst way imaginable to break your immersion anymore. Bra, bra. Shiny. Look at it. Look how shiny it is. It's as shiny as uh this helmet. It's how shiny it is. I sincerely hope for your sake that it was worth the cost, and we should really continue down the road without any more distractions. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> 41. Well, no. Yeah, something like that. You just aged a year. I thought it was three. I aged one year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I aged a shit ton. It was no good. No bueno. All right, so what are you doing? 
we're heading back on the road and continuing on our journey, hopefully without wandering into any of these other dangerous areas. So uh, you go back onto the road, you walk for a couple miles, and you can see the land. I thought we had horses. Oh yeah, that's right, you're on horses. And you got a puppy. So uh, I do have a puppy. So uh, as you uh, ride closer, uh, you can see the land becomes greener as you get closer to Brown Meadow. And you see a sizable village of what you estimate to be probably about 500 people. And uh, as you enter the village, um, you see it's pretty impoverished. Uh, The people are dressed in poor clothing, but not rags, but they're still not nice. You would know that not many traders come this way. Um, Actually, nobody really comes this way to Brown Meadow just because of the the fact of the battlefield. And most people consider this land cursed as uh, you found out why. Uh, Most of the commerce in town is between townsfolk and not many people can afford to leave even if they wanted to. Uh, everybody give me a perception check. Yep. Six. Fifteen. Fourteen. Seventeen. Okay, everybody except for Juliet is going to notice that uh, the people in this town appear to be looking suspiciously at you. Uh, even the children appears to be some people outside of their homes um, shucking corn or you know working on this craft or that or whittling. Um, there's some kids um, like playing tag in the street but uh, as you walk into town you notice that uh, they stop and everybody's basically just looking at you. There's this one slack eyed kid standing uh, near a stump that's probably 10 feet away from you that's just like blatantly just like staring you down and watching you as you walk down the street Anyone ever tell you little boy that it's rude to stare? Uh, he doesn't say anything or make any sort of movement. He just keeps staring at you. I'm going to walk up to him and poke him in the forehead. Why? Because I want to make sure this isn't a ghost town. You're going to get off your horse and walk up to this kid. As you walk closer, you just see him like looking up at your eyes as uh, you go up to him. And you take your, your finger and poke him in the head. And he like sways back and then takes off running into a house. Well, they may be still ghosts. (laughs) Oh, you would know that Brown Meadow's not a ghost town. People live here. It's just a little weird. Yes, they are weird. I don't like it. I doubt they like it either. Probably not. (laughs) Uh, I guess we should figure out a place to sleep. Uh, What time is it about now, Kevin? Uh, It's probably like 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Um, Anyone have any objections about trying to go figure out where we're going to sleep? No objections here. I'll take that as a silent yes from everyone. That sounds like a good plan. I don't know. This place seems fishy. There's no water for miles. What are you talking about? Fucking... Ah, I want to hit you. <laughs> there's no water for miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's water for these people to live here. Uh, assuming they're still alive. But yes. Go ahead and take a look to see where we would be able to... Visit. Somehow I doubt they have an inn. Uh, you could ask around. Can I do a perception check to see if I can make out any discernible buildings in the town? Uh, you can try, yeah. Got a passive of 10. Um, you. This is. Even though it's kind of ramshackle, it's a sizable settlement. Um, you're not seeing anything on the street that you're currently walking through. Um, anything that would look like a tavern or an inn. 
but there are, you know, a couple of different streets that you can see up in front of you that are like intersections. You just, you're not seeing anything on this street that would look like an end to you. Okay. Is it like, could I make out any like a uh, bigger, maybe a bigger building than most, like a sort of town center? Uh, no, you're not really seeing anything. Okay. All these buildings appear to be like one story. Weird. Uh, do I see any people around me besides the kid that ran away? Um, yeah, there's people out on the street. Um, it appears to be mostly dwarves that live here, but there are a few humans, and you see a half-orc every now and then. Okay. Uh, I go to just a random passerby and ask if, uh, they know of, uh, end in the town. You come up to a, uh, dwarven man in his middle years that's dressed pretty roughly. He looks like he's pretty dirty, not from probably any exertion, probably just not from bathing for a while, and it's pretty dusty here. You ask him if there's an inn, and he spits on the ground and uh, says to you, Travelers, huh? You best be better off just going straight through. Why? Ah, uh, there's nothing here for you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> I go ahead and uh, bring that small tidbit of conversation back to the group. Well, I can't say I blame them, given their remoteness. Perhaps uh, perhaps we should find a place to camp outside of town. Or you could yeah. always ask somebody else. <laughs> Don't all jump in at once with uh, suggestions or keeping the dead air out. Let's, let's ask somebody else. Sounds like a good plan. Tal, you want to maybe ask one of the kids? Yes, I would. And I'll bring Abbott, the, the puppy, who's probably on a lead or something. You uh, see a girl that's probably about your age who's currently playing with some dolls in the dirt. Uh, she's a dwarf. I'll, uh, I'll go over to her and say, um, excuse me, do you, do you know a place where, uh, there, where there's an inn in this town? An, an inn? Oh, yeah, there's, there's an inn up the street. You, you could get some food there, and I think they have rooms for rent. I like your dog. Aw, uh, isn't, isn't he cute? His name's Abbott. You want to pet him? Yes, I'd like to pet him. We don't we don't have any dogs around here. And she pets her dog. And she's doing like the like a really like hard pet, like she doesn't know like how to pet a dog. <laughs> um, I tell her, you know, pet him more gently than that. He he's still a really young puppy. He he's not used to the, the rough play yet. Okay. And she lets up. Well, thank you so much. You said it's just down the street? Yes, you're pretty. Thank you. You're pretty too. I'm. I'm gonna go uh, let my let my friends know uh, where the inn is. Thank you so much. Okay. Maybe I'll see you around later. That would be nice. Okay, and I'll, bye. Uh, I'll go back and I'll I'll go back and and uh, let everyone know that there's an inn just down the street that has a place where we can get food and a couple rooms to rent. Oh, perfect. Good job. Puppies do wonders for 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 getting information. You're not wrong. So, um, you guys walk down, um, ride down the street for probably about a, an eighth of a mile and you're going to see a one-story building with some hitching posts out front that's called mutters mutters or mutters mutters m-u-d-d-e-r-s gotcha. i like it mutters i tell you what man don't bother they're gonna mutter in a little baby soap and a mint on a pill i tell you what man so there's a Dude. rough rough wooden sign out front um that appears to have been whitewashed at some point but the dust and the wind has eroded it, and the building itself is made out of wood. 
it appears to have been painted at some point as well and that paint's been eroded and nobody's really bothered to repaint it there's uh, some troughs outside for the horses but you have noticed that it doesn't even appear that they've uh, bothered to put water in these huh no water that's always a bad sign and it does look pretty sparse out here i suppose but maybe these people will have some sort of clue we can follow maybe we're going to head into the inn and see what's around us if there's even a bartender or patrons or anything when you walk inside there's only maybe about six long tables in this building and the building itself is probably only about maybe 40 feet wide and about uh, 20 feet deep and when you walk in you see the tables um, there's dust on the floor basically dust on everything in this place there's no one inside except for a dwarven man who is asleep in a chair by the bar can one of you wake him up i'll wake him up so you shake him awake and he's like bandits murder murder he starts screaming all that in due time old timer let's get a room first oh oh sorry yeah you woke me from a from a from a night terror uh yeah who are you you say you want a room yeah you sure yeah all right it's just that we don't we don't get many people through here travelers adventurers why not well i mean why would anyone come to brown meadow passing through yeah but there's another settlement probably not 10 miles up the road that's not so close to well you know the cursed land Eh, we don't really plan on doing anything with the land we just kind of want to hang out here until morning all right. Um, how many beds you be needing? Four or five? <laughs> we don't have five beds in the whole place. I got three rooms for rent, and I've got three small beds in each. All right, I'll take the one with the bed. You guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> All right, three rooms. That'll be five silver pieces. I throw it on a single gold and say keep the change. Crashing the economy, you guys. God damn. Hell yeah, we're going to be like that African king who went all over Europe, like, making <laughs> economic crises. Crises? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I love that guy. So he says, uh, thanks, you be very generous, master. I'll get your rooms ready for you. And uh, he disappears in the back, and I guess you guys are just hanging out in the uh, the tavern. Is there a barkeep? Uh, no, he was oh the only person. Alright, I guess I'll give myself some beer, or some mead. Uh, you don't see anything like that in here. What do I see in the bar? Uh, it appears to be probably four bottles of wine and a bottle of spirits. Alright, I guess I'll take some wine. How, what, what, how old is the wine? Uh, you don't know, but it looks pretty dusty. I blow it off to see if I can, like, reveal a label or anything like that. No, it appears to be just like a, a crock. That was probably um, handmade by someone here, and uh, probably the wine itself is uh, homemade too. So a couple minutes later, uh, he walks back in and he says, uh, "See, you found the wine. It's my wife's own vintage. We make it from some of the berries we we have here. It's not very good, but it'll get you there. The whole bottle I'll give to you for ten silver pieces. I give him ten silver pieces." And uh, he pulls out uh, two uh, handmade uh, crocs and sets them down. Uh, the, are those the beds? 
He says, we're a humble people here. We don't have much. It's the best I've got. Uh, all right. Is this is this our room? No, the rooms are in back. They're ready for you. All right. I go to my room. <laughs> so uh, you make it to your room, and uh, the room, it looks like uh, all he did was maybe shake out like a blanket that was on the bed and uh, sweep a little bit, but you can still see some like dust and dirt on the floor. You're thinking pretty much dust gets everywhere here. What about rat turds? Are any of those? Uh, you don't see any. All right, fair enough. This place could be worse. So, uh, Adel goes back to his room and there's this... I start uh, taking off my armor and getting ready to lay down. Okay, so you're back there doing that. And I guess the rest of the crew is in the tavern. The dwarf looks at you and, and there's this uncomfortable silence for a bit. And, uh, he says... Where's my manners? My name's Doug. I'm the owner of Mudders. So, what y'all in town for? Uh, actually, we're on the trail of a terrible, terrible thief. A thief, He's really say. quite dangerous, and we as the companions are tasked to find him and stop him. Wait, did you say you're the companions? Uh, yes, of course. Well, 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 and you, you, you see him get really flustered for a second and kind of like wiping the, the dirt off of his, uh, his shirt, uh, like he's trying to make himself uh, more presentable. And he says, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to have you, uh, underneath my roof. Um, I don't, I don't have much, but anything that I have is at your disposal. We appreciate that. Do you know anyone who would know where someone who passed through might be? He was a dwarf of some sort. Short, beard, I wish I had more of a description. Uh, Kazakh Stonefoot, I believe was his name. The Stonefoots, do you say? Huh. What do you want with Kazakh? Like I mentioned, he was the thief who stole a particularly powerful item. Hmm, I don't, don't know about that. I mean, he left years ago and I haven't I haven't seen him. He oh, is so from he, here. He was from here. Yeah, everybody knows the Stonefoots. Oh, then we are on the right trail. Are there any other towns around here? Uh, there's a town about ten miles north of here. But I can't say that I know any Stonefoots up that way. All the Stonefoots I know are from here. What's west of here? So you are currently in Brown Meadow. And there are some settlements uh, that are very small uh, along um, the Witch Coast. And then the next major city would be Corpeth, which is probably about a week's ride to the west. So he says, uh, can't say I've seen Kazakh, but his, his family's still here. Wait, you said his family is still here? Yeah, his extended. His mom and dad tragically died quite a few years back when he was young. That is a shame. What exactly happened to them? Oh, they died in a fire. Fire? Out here? Yeah. I mean, there's fires everywhere. A house can burn down here just as easily as it could in Carn Lee. Oh, I suppose you are right. Yeah, rumor was that Kazakh started it with his magics. Well, I guess that means we're going to have to visit them. Yeah, they're not hard to find. They're up in the North Pot. One of the last houses up there. Oh, okay. I don't suppose... Well, never mind. 
Would any of our companions like to go and visit Kazakh, or shall we wait until morning? I think it'd be better to wait until morning. Okay, so you guys going to lie down for the night? Not before getting the horses some water, or I guess asking the bartender if there even is water available. Yeah, we got a well out back. Do you need some water? Uh, yes, and we'd like some for the horses as well, if there's enough to spare. Oh yeah, there's plenty. We just normally don't put any water out front because we don't get any visitors on horses really staying at the inn. So there's not much point of hauling water out there every day. I'll get right on that. Thank you. And uh, give me an inside check. A 16. You can kind of tell that this guy, since you said that you guys are the companions, he's kind of like starstruck, as it were. And uh, he seems to be like completely on the level and trying to be helpful to you guys. So uh, he returns probably about five minutes later um, with uh, two buckets of water. And uh, he goes out and fills up the, uh, the troughs. Uh, for the horses. Excellent. Thank you so much. We do truly appreciate it. You've been so kind to us. Ah, anything to help the companions? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Does anyone have any other questions or comments or things they'd like to do? Well, I'm taking off my armor, and that takes like 45 minutes, so... (laughs) So he says, uh, we'll be doing uh, dinner soon. It's not much, but, you know, we're welcome to share with you some beans and bread. That sounds... Uh, delicious. That actually does. Sounds very British. I'm down. It's a good meal. So we'll say like, uh, I guess you guys are hanging out in your rooms or in the tavern for the next like hour or so. Doug's told you that he's going back to uh, his house to tell his wife to make some extra portions and then uh, returns about two hours later uh, with a large uh, crock full of beans and two loaves of bread. And sets it down. He says, it's not much, but it's filling. And sets down some crocks in front of you and spoons out some beans and cuts some bread for you. Ah, uh, feast for kings? Uh, anyone. Uh, anyway, everyone better eat up. I go and show up at the table in, a, in my good clothes, ready to eat. I suppose we're all going to consume this and hope that magical beanstalks don't pop out of us with the beans. That's rude of you to say that. <laughs> I have no problem eating this. I'm a little annoyed by it, but I'm hungry, so... Um, so you eat the beans, and they're not poisoned or anything, and there's really nothing special about them. doesn't even taste like they've added any, like, fat or meat to them. They're just beans. Or salt. <laughs> so, uh, Doug's gonna, uh, wish y'all goodnight. I'll have the missus make you up some breakfast in the morning. So is everybody laying down for the night? Yeah. Yeah, I go to my room. Uh, yeah, and thankfully, or at least I hope, everyone has bedrolls, so we can at least make something out of those. All right. Uh, Shane, if you would, drop down into the secret channel. All right. Give me a wisdom save. Two. Oh, my God. All right. So uh, you lay down for the night. The dream has, uh, has changed a little bit. Um, it starts out um, much like it has um, the previous nights that you've slept. The woman's there in the cabin with you. The baby's there. You can hear the baby crying. You feel the dark, ominous presence in the room. You see the woman who you've fallen in love with uh, stab and kill this baby. This time, you are going to get a better look at the dagger that she used to kill this child. You're going to recognize it as the dagger that's at your side. 
And with that, you are going to wake up with a start in the middle of the night and you are going to notice that you are holding the dagger. And I'm going to need you to give me a charisma save. 14. Okay, so the the voice comes back in your head louder this time. And this time you're able to make out what it says. And it it's saying gravel. Gravel, 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 gravel. Give me a wisdom save. 18. Okay, so you are going to be able to put this dagger down. That's good. But you can still... Even after you've let go of it, you can hear the whispers in the back of your head saying, Gravel, 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 gravel. All right, I'm going to jump back up into general again. All right, we're back. All right, so you guys wake up the next morning, and Doug has some uh, porridge and some uh, toasted bread for you and some uh, dried fruit. He says, it's not much, but there's plenty of it. Eat up. Oh, and uh, will you be staying today and tonight, or will you be moving on? I'm not too sure uh, quite of yet. How about we say yes, and we'll pay you ahead of time. If we don't need it, then you still have your money, and if we don't, then we still have our room. Does that sound fair? More than fair, mistress. It's very generous of you. All right, so five silver was correct? Yes, five silver. All right. We'll pay five silver for that, and thank you for the breakfast as well. I think once we're finished here, we'll be heading out. Uh, would you be able to point us in the right direction for the Stonefoots? Oh uh, yeah, they're up on the north side of town. Some of the right, last right. houses, you can't miss them. Perfect. We appreciate your cooperation in this matter. Uh, anything to do to help the companions. I hope you bring this charlatan to justice. I hope he's not guilty at all but it seems otherwise from the evidence we have. Uh, there's always been some darkness surrounding Cassock. So, is everyone de- done eating? We should explore this particular lead. Yeah. Sure. I shove the last piece of, of uh, toast in my mouth and, like, say with a full mouth, you know, Yep, I'm done. All right, so uh, are you guys heading to the north side of town? Yep, we certainly are. So you travel for probably about an eighth of a mile or so, and you see that you're reaching the outskirts of town, and you're still going north, and uh, you reach some of the last homes in the northern part of town, and you see an old dwarven woman sitting outside one of the poor shacks, and she's weaving something, and she appears to be surrounded by chickens. Mmm, chicken. Well, whoever's the best speaker of all of us might want to walk up there. I'm not exactly the friendliest face to see. On the way. No, no, someone else. What do you mean? I think you know what I mean. Wish it did. Honestly, Alunidas would be best for this, but... I'll go. I'll go and walk up to the woman. She sees you approach, and she's just staring at you. You stop, and she says, Who are you, and what do you want? I don't have anything how you need by the looks of you, unless you're looking for some chickens or blankets. Looks to me like you don't need either. Yeah, my name is uh, Alexander. We're tra- chasing after a thief that stole something of ours, and we heard his name's Cusick uh, Stonefoot. And I was wondering if you uh, had any knowledge about the Stonefoots and if uh, they were nearby. She says, "You found the Stonefoots." Okay. Um. Do you know Keswick Stonefoot? 
She just stares at you for a minute. Says, and what are you wanting with Cassick? Uh, he took something of ours, and we're just trying to get it back. Hmm. So, he's, you're saying he's a thief? What did he steal? He stole a precious amulet, dear to my family and my companions. Hmm. That's all she says. Uh, you sounded like you might know something about him. Uh, would it be possible for you to tell me if you've seen him nearby or for the general direction that he may have gone? What's it worth to you? Um, how does 20 gold sound? Give me an insight check. Seven. So, uh, even with a seven, you say 20 gold, and you see her eyes pop slightly, and then you can see her try to compose herself like she's trying to play it off cool. She says, uh, Cassie, yeah, that's my nephew. He went away years ago to the tower. Can't say I've seen him, though. He's been gone a while. He went to the tower after his folks died. Terrible business, that. Died in a fire. Many folks around here blame Cassick for it, playing with magic. Can't say I believe it, though. He's always been a strange child, but a good boy. I don't think he would have killed them, but who knows? People who play with magic get burned eventually. But I can't believe he would steal anything from you. Okay, I appreciate the insight. Thanks. I go and give her the... Give me a... Give me a, another insight check. Yep. Ten. You can tell she's lying about something. You said you haven't seen him in a little while? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. How long would you say? And uh, she's silent for a moment. Says, uh, can't say I remember. Give me another insight check. Fifteen. Oh yeah, she's definitely lying about that. It seems that you're not... You're holding something back from me. You calling me a liar? And what if I am? I'd say I wouldn't take kindly to that. Might have to have my boys take care of showing you out of town. That'd be fun. Not before I show you to the grave. Damn, Shane. Roll me in. Roll intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> 27. Holy shit. All right. So <laughs> you say that and her eyes get like really big and you look down and you see that her hand's kind of shaking. She says... Well, you, you don't need to be making any threats like that. Okay, so I've heard he's been back through here. Not that he'd come and visit or help out his family. Got all high and mighty after he went to the tower. If he's anywhere, he's out in the scrubs to the north. It's about two miles. He used to play in them caves up in the Black Hills out there as a child. If you see him, tell him his family could use some help. You got it. I go and uh, give her... Uh, 23 gold. Alright, she takes the money and she's still giving you like this nervous like side eye and just watching you as you uh, walk out of town. I go and make my way back to my group. So, was she agreeable? What happened? You could say that. So, uh, turns out that Kessick stopped by here a little bit ago. He didn't stop by to see her in particular. He didn't go by uh, the family place to help out or anything. But uh, apparently he's out in the sticks, and we should be able to find him there, if he's still here. Well, that's a good direction. I am admittedly a bit curious, though. I wonder if that burned-out building has anything of value to Kazakh. Maybe. If but, it's uh, even still there. Yeah, she brought up that he. she doesn't really think that it was uh, Kazakh that burned down the house through magic. If that's any insight to anything that happens further on. Well, if he passed through here, it didn't help his family. Did he go to the tavern? Did he simply ask other townspeople? 
I'm not entirely sure what he would have been doing here, other than passing through. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Maybe we can go and check it out. That sounds like a capital idea. Alright, so uh, you guys headed north out of town? Yep. We're not going to check the house? Okay. Oh, you're headed north then. Um, So are you going to go try to check out his uh, parents' old home? I certainly would like to, if the rest of the party doesn't object. Yeah, I have no complaints. I'm down. Okay. Seems like a good idea. Give me a investigation check. A natural one. Um, so you are looking around in this north side of town where um, the Stonefoots um, are supposedly um, gathered, and uh, you're seeing some, you know, buildings. But as you look around and wander the streets, you're not seeing anything that looks like it would have been like a burned-out building. Yeah, all your investigation rolls are shit. I know, right? Yeah. It's a three, a six, and a three. That's another critical <laughs> fail. Well, I suppose there's not much here left for us. The horses are still there, correct? I'm guessing they're, you're on them. Oh, okay. Perfect. Then they're still alive. Good to know. I'll give anybody inspiration if they can remember what the name of their horse is. Oh, mine is Kovac. Estelle. Give me three seconds. <laughs> no, that doesn't I, count. I don't, have, I don't have it written down. <laughs> um, no, this uh, was the top of your head. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I remember it's like a playoff of words of like a crime or something. I think mine was charcoal. Mine's like yeah, yours Lars- was charcoal. Larson, Larson. All right, everybody gets inspiration except for Shane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck Shane. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Reasonable. All right, so um, are you heading out of town, or are you going yes. to ask around and try to find out where this uh, Cassock's um, childhood home was? Because your investigation ain't doing it. <laughs> you know what? We'll go back to the barkeep, or in whatever you would call him, and see if he can point us in the right direction to the burned-out place. Otherwise, we'll have to find a random person, and preferably not the kid that Adol decided to poke. I'd do it again for a nickel. All right, so uh, you go back to uh, Mutters, and Doug's yep. inside, and uh, he appears to be sweeping up, just in case you come back, making it look nice for you. Ah, hello there, Doug. Ah, it's the companions. Welcome back. We were wondering if you might be able to point us in the direction of Kazakh Stonefoot's old house, uh, the one that tragically burned down. Ah, yeah, there's not much left of it except some some bricks, as far as I know, but I haven't been up on the north side in quite a while. Ah, so it is there. All right. Yeah, if you go up through the, the main street out of town... And the street before you get out of town, you hang a left and go down about five houses. That's where it would have been on the right. You know, they say um, that's haunted. Haunted by his parents? Yeah, that's what they say. Huh. So, uh, are you headed to uh, Cassock's uh, childhood home? We certainly are. Do they have a church or anything here? Uh, not that you've seen. Or a priest? They may. Let's go ask around. Uh... We're heading to Kazakh Stonefoot's thing because we have something to do. If you'd like to wander off the way yourself and try and find whatever it is you're looking for... Holy water. That's fine. Okay. Well, we came here for a reason, and that reason was not holy water. Yeah, I know, but we could get some. It might help with fighting the ghost because you could, like, coat your weapon in it or a blade, and that might do something. I have my doubts about ghosts beyond the military ones we found. But if you think it'll do us good, 
Adel, are you asking uh, Doug about uh, if there's any priests in town? Doug, are there any priests in this town? No, there's no priests in this godforsaken town. Are you looking for some religion? Or no. a place to pray? No. Doug, I have a question. Okay. What What do you want to do? Like, do you want to, like, get out of here? Nah, I'm simple, man. It's a hard well, life, but it's it's an honest life. So you wouldn't like better you wouldn't like better tools or anything like that. Nah. All right. Me and my donkey, and my wife, spot all I need. Fair enough. So there's no ch- there's no church, there's no preacher. Uh, could I make holy water since I'm a paladin? <laughs> I, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> What? It'll be, it'll be hell water. You're a hell sworn now. <laughs> you, you're not going to be able to make bless water. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> do, you, do you have bless as a spell? I don't know. I haven't really looked into the spells very much. Well, Isn't that an essential part of your class? No. Why not? Why do you have spells in the first place, then? Because uh, I'm a paladin. So it is part of your class. It's mostly about It's mostly about the smoots. Well, the, the Hellsworn gets uh, different spells than, like, normal uh, Oath Paladins. I don't think we've discussed that, have we? Like, what certain spells I can get? Uh, I thought we did that in one of the Level Up, up, up episodes. Yeah, it was just, like, um, like the level the, the level ones you get, like, every couple of levels. Or, I thought you got... Didn't you get... Don't you get more? Like I, from I think so, but, like, right now, for the purposes of moving this along, unless it's on your character sheet, right now, you don't have it. Fair enough. <laughs> so if you want it, figure it out and put it on your character sheet. <laughs> I'll see about that. All right. So I guess we're going. So uh, you make it back up to the north uh, side of town and you follow Doug's directions and you find basically an empty lot that has some bricks and stones inside of it. But this looks like it's pretty old and there's really no wood left except for maybe a couple pieces jutting out of the ground because it's been worn and weathered by the sand and wind here. Okay, so we're looking for clues and other stuff that might still be here, I'm sure. If uh, Kazakh was experimenting with magic, maybe he has something useful. But we're looking for practical things like pretty fire? much only. <laughs> uh, there, I have a feeling there is no more fire here. But I could fix that. Well, look for books, footprints, uh, yes, good stones for burnings with etchings. Um, so everybody, give me an investigation check. All right, sixteen. Um, so with a sixteen, you're not really finding anything in this place except for, like I said, some stones and some pieces of wood that would have survived the fire. But uh, there's not really in- anything of value that would have been here. Would have probably been stripped clean probably a good while ago. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Adel, you were yes. looking for some sort of magical priesty ghost thing. Is there any way you might be able to perhaps invoke ghosts? Since you're, you were kind of convinced that the parents were still here. Sure. I killed your kid! I yell at the top of my lungs in the building. That was a terrible idea. What do we talk about? Make noise. What do you mean? You said you want me to provoke some ghosts. Or provoke some ghosts. Invoke. Uh, perception. Oh. Perception invoke. check, please. Uh, from whom? Anyone. <laughs> right. I got an 11. 
Five. Oh, oh. That's really good. Alexander or Talia? I got a four. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Shane, uh, with 16, you are going to notice that there is a woman who is watching all this going on uh, through the window in the house across the street. And she's just doing this slow, like, shaking her head back and forth. Like, what the fuck are these people doing? All the right things. Go, I go and let everybody know that uh, there's a woman watching us and saw this entire thing happen. Great, more bridges burned. This is exactly what we needed. But perhaps she knows something. And since you've already volunteered to kill their kid, Adel, I think you should go and talk to her. Yeah, go ahead and uh, sort things out. I don't know about that. Not really my deal. Talia, maybe you would be able to soothe her? You said everyone likes puppies, right? Kids like puppies. Ghosts love them. Because they have such fresh souls. I mean, I can go talk to her, but I can't promise anything. Well, I can promise you that we are not staying here tonight, so I guess anything goes. Alright, I'm going to go knock on her door. You go knock on the door, and uh, a couple of seconds later, uh, the woman opens the door and says, What you be wanting? What are you doing over there across the street at the Stonefist? Shouting at ghosts. It's a disgrace, I tell you. Well, we're, um... We're trying to get some information about Cassick because we think that he knows something about uh, a theft of of a very precious uh, family heirloom. And um, we were hoping to talk to his parents' ghosts and maybe help them rest. You can't be serious. Uh, I, wish I, I wish I wasn't serious, but I'm very serious. Well, I can tell you this. You're not wanted in this neighborhood. Take your ghost shouting somewhere else. Where else would his parents' ghosts be? And she just looks at you incredulously. She says, the nine hells for all I know. What good is shouting going to do out that and disturbing my meal? Uh, well, we, we thought that maybe provoking them would, would help work, but we will, we will keep the shouting down. I apologize. She slams the door in your face. I'll, I'll yell, uh, have a nice meal and, and go back to the guys. You hear her from inside. Shh, fuck off! So, uh, shouting um, is only going to get us uh, in a lot of trouble and cause us to have to kill a lot of people to get out of here alive. So, how about we find a different way to try to get in contact with these ghosts? Are you saying we hold a seance? That was the original say. plan. <laughs> Don't we have to like light candles and hold each other's hands? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to hold your hands, but... Well, I'm sorry. Are you afraid you're, that you're shedding? <laughs> I'm afraid of what you do with your hands in your idle time. <laughs> idle, idle. Oh, <laughs> idle time. <laughs> well, if she says the ghosts are not, and they don't seem to be attached to this place, maybe they're attached to an item that might have been taken? Who knows? Uh, that's my best guess, and if that doesn't pan out, then there's nothing left. And, Adel, your shouting uh, of us killing people means that, in my opinion, we should leave town as soon as possible when we get this resolved. If the pushovers, we can take them. I would rather not have to. Yeah, there's no reason to unnecessarily kill people. I disagree. So does anyone have any ideas how to find... 
literally anything that would give us a clue. Besides the family, of course. I I say that we just follow the the trail to where where he actually is. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to see something, if or maybe you can do that thing where you see if there's any magic nearby. I I don't know, but I I say that staying here is probably a bad idea if we do it for too long. Talia is right. But if you'll give me a few minutes, I can certainly detect some magic that might be around. Unless you'd like to take care of it, Mr. Alexander? Um, sure, I can do it. Uh, oh, I meant actually casting the spell, but that's okay. Yeah, whichever way. Uh, it, it, that's not what I want to do. So what would I do for that? You would have to put the spell card into the rolls. Just click on the, go to your spell section. Click on Detect Magic. That's all you have to do right now. Kevin may make you have an Arcana check or something, but that's entirely up to him. I just want to read the spell card. Here, there's the spell card. I don't think I have Detect Magic. Okay, well, Juliet does then, and she's going to cast it. I've identified. Okay, so Juliet, you're going to cast Detect Magic, and you are going to cast, uh, you're going to detect something magical in the center of this empty lot in the ground. Hmm, there's something magical in the ground here, right in the middle. Does anyone want to dig it up? Last time I did that, I lost four years of my life. I didn't realize it was so traumatic to pick up a helmet. Well, I will just dig then. Juliet's going to use the pole arm to loosen up the ground and see if she can find whatever item or whatever may be hiding under there. Okay, so as you start moving the dirt around, you are going to come up upon like a, what was once a stone floor. And around the place where you're detecting magic, there is a like a cobblestone um, that you hit with your pole arm and it appears to be loose. Uh-huh. Juliet is going to pick up the stone and see what might be inside, even if it's Pandora's box. You remove the stone... And there appears to be a hole dug out in the ground that's probably about a foot deep, about the size of the uh, cobblestone that you uh, picked out, which is probably about eight inches uh, by eight inches. And inside is a copper ring. Hmm. There's a ring down here. Julia's going to pick it up and, or at least try and grab it out of there and take a close look at it trying to examine if it's the item that is magical or if there's anything else below it. Yeah, it's the ring that's magical. Ah, she's going to brush off any dirt or dust that might be there. Alexander, you said you could find out what magical items do, correct? Perhaps you can look at this and figure out what exactly it is or does? Yeah, I go and grab it and uh, use identify. Okay, so you you cast Identify, and you look at the ring, and it is a ring of Flame Bolt with three charges on it. I express that to uh, Julia. That sounds quite interesting. I would say I would keep it, but I have a feeling that someone else could use it more effectively. Maybe someone else who can't cast that as a cantrip. Slowly raise his hand. (laughs) Well, Adel, you appear to be the lucky winner of a ring that can cast fires about. I can already do that, though. Well, then we should give it to Talia. 
Is that alright with you, Talia? Absolutely. Okay, so we hand off the ring to Talia. You now have a ring of firebolts, I suppose. I'll, um, put it in my pocket for now. And unless anybody has any other business, do you need refills on arrows or maybe anything they have in this town, if they have stuff? Otherwise, we should get going. Yeah, we can probably fill up on supplies in the next town. I'm not sure we should stick around here too much longer. Well, then everyone settle up. All right, so um, are you headed out of town? We are indeed. You start riding, and uh, after about an hour after you leave the town, the land becomes a little less barren. And after a while, you see some grass and some stunted trees. You see some dark, small hills in the distance that you think this is what the old dwarven woman was talking about. Um, everybody give me a perception check. A 19? Okay, so everybody except for Adel is going to hear some pain screaming that seems to be coming from some trees in the distance. Uh, as you get closer, you see a large humanoid dancing around and yelling about 100 yards ahead. Juliet and Alexander, give me a perception check. Got it. This guy's going to be Rumpelstiltskin, isn't it? A six. <laughs> this uh, thing seems to be uh, running around in like circles, and it seems pretty tall. You can't tell if it's human or uh, what it is. I'll let you do another perception check if you want to get uh, closer. Oh, we're definitely investigating this. Ah, finally, a 19. Uh, Shane, did you do another one? Or is that your 10? Oh, okay, 23. That's a crit. Alright, so uh, Juliet and Alexander, you are going to recognize who you think is your former companion, Vito, running around in circles and swatting at his head. You see what appears to be a swarm of insects attacking him. About that time, the beast folk yells, RUN! as he starts running towards you. The swarm follows him, but appears to stop about 30 yards away from you. And then the beast folk stops about five yards away from you and swats remains of the attacking bees away. And I think that's where we're going to end it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Are annoying adventurers stealing your treasure and slaying ye hard-earned magical beasties? An expertly crafted dungeon may just be what ye need. Hell, I'm Brog Stoneshield Jr. of Stoneshield and Sons Dungeon Contractors. When me pal started this business, he had but one philosophy. Help people protect what they worked so hard to get. We have free in-tower consultations to design a lair just for ye needs. Our expert dwarven stonesmiths will help you build a dungeon of your dreams, and we can work with any budget. Spike traps, we got them. Flame pillars, no problem. Bottomless pits, we're the best in the business. Do you already have a dungeon and want to upgrade? 
we can help make it even more secure. With a combined 600 years of experience, there's no dungeon too big or too small. We do them all. Just contact Stone Shield and Sons Dungeon Contractors for all your dungeon needs. Everyone knows that ghosts are real, because if they weren't, the world would be round. Therefore, the earth is the earth is flat. Dogs are better than cats. Eat the poo poo. Goodbye. I think uh, that's, that's gonna not, drive that's people away. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going in the real. Uh, you I'll have put it in the real. You have been voted <laughs> off the island, sir. Uh, <laughs> At least you can put out your dog. torch. <laughs> now it'll go in the real. <laughs> Throw it in the water so they can see. Yeah, right, that was one time, guys. Come on. It was enough. <laughs> one time too many. <laughs> Give us your badge. There's like some music going on in your background or something, man. I hear it as well. What All right, do you need to try that again? Uh, yeah, and get rid of the music. Yep, should be gone. I told my brother to get out, so... Uh... Get out! Get the fuck out, brother! <laughs> brother! <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we were racing for that one. You wanna go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me, brother? I uh, walk up to the ghosts. And I scream, come at me, brother. <laughs> You're in a world of pain. Hi. Hello. Hello. Okay, Hello. that's better than my... That might be my sound card. No, it's happening to all of us. Not I. Maybe the Russians finally are starting to listen in on our podcast. Hacked our Discord channel. Like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're that important. <laughs> All right now, Juliet. What's that? Uh, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying a, a thank you to him for giving us the right direction. But it'll had a much better saying since uh, he's not afraid of no ghost. <laughs> you know so, why, right? Because they don't exist. Because <laughs> Boston makes me feel good. <laughs> that simple. Did he say lice? Wife. Oh, okay. Been funnier if you, he said lice. <laughs> he has lice and his donkeys all he needs. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh... The music you heard on this episode was Teller of the Tales, Four Origins, Metaphysics, Serpentine Trek, Folk Round, Unholy Night, Ghost Story, Thatched Villagers, and Private Reflection by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0.